Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show, brought to you with Levi Solicitors, who will offer you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Uh, today, talking about the last World Cup that happened before the bad times kicked in at Leeds, which was in Japan and South Korea, who had both wanted to host the tournament independently at one stage, but ended up uh, teaming up, didn't they? They compromised. They did, and we compromised by getting up to drink beer at seven in the morning. Which was which was good fun in its own way. A bit weird. Yeah, the first World Cup hosted in an Asian country and the first hosted by more than one country with those difficult kickoff times. And we're picking on one particular player here today or discussing him. We're, t- not, we're not picking on him, I don't think. I think there's more to be picked on. The the crimes of Danny Mills more recently are probably a, a separate issue. Uh, issue, I would say. Which but, is why um, we, we've we've niched this up this one off a little. Yeah, bit. exactly. Because yeah. it was it was kind of interesting, Danny Mills at that World Cup. Yeah. So Dan Moylan with you, along with Michael Normanson and Rob Conlon for the TSB Guide to Danny Mills at the 2002 World Cup. Where were Leeds at the time? So that's the context. The important context here is that we were we were a Champions League club, weren't we? We were trying to be. Well, we're not anymore. We'd, we're, 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 we'd failed for a second season running. Uh, so we just finished fourth, which at the time wasn't a Champions League place. <sighs> We'd had the... What do you think that means for the finances, Michael? Um, at the time, it, it seemed to mean that we'd have to sell someone, maybe a couple of players, but nothing catastrophic. But I'm, I'm remembering that correctly, Anna. I think that's how it panned out. Yeah. <laughs> that's, but that's how, that's how what we thought because it was like, well, that seems like a bit of an issue. But we've still got a hugely valuable squad. Still got some really good players. Maybe maybe a couple will leave. The way for cup will be fun next year. That's you know nothing to worry about, is there? Exactly. So I mean, given we're uh, recording this, just having drawn Cardiff in the FA Cup, this was the season where we played them, and we then didn't win a game for seven after that one. So yeah, a decent start. There was there was fell a apart in the middle. Mild sense of foreboding, but we didn't know the full extent of it until somewhere further down the track. And we still had this World Cup as a bit of a marker for the strength in our squad because I think you know we'd grown up in particular, not ever seen any Leeds players in the England team because we were shit in the eighties, obviously. So there was nothing through the eighties up until like nineteen ninety, and then Tony Dorigo became our our standard bearer, and there were some little flirtations with it in terms of like David Batty got his way in there, but that was mainly when he was away from Leeds, wasn't it? But this generation of players, when we'd spunked a load of money on them, quite a number of them got into the squad. Uh, Sven in charge of England at this point. So this was, was this the so-called golden generation of players? It was. It was hugely exciting. Ashley Cole, you got Rio Ferdinand, Sol Campbell, still still a relatively young, young man at this point. You got Beckham, Skulls, Michael Owen, and then uh, David Seaman in net, who should have probably retired. It's, <laughs> it's funny, you know, point. looking at this squad, because you've got the thing from Wikipedia here, you've taken a screenshot of all their players and their ages at that time as well. So many of them basically in my peer group at this point, and some of them like exactly the same age as me, which is 20 years ago. 
that's, that's, not, that's not fair. Yeah, not the age you are now, to be clear. Well, they will be. Yeah. They will have aged at the same rate that I have. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, you're not, you're not saying you were... No. Not, none of them are in the 40s at this squad. David no. Seaman, the oldest at 38. I mean, there's a few pushing it, like Teddy Sheringham's still in there, Martin Keown's still in there. This is maybe the tournament just before there was all the golden generation hype, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, we've got... I suppose we've got Gerard in there, but he's still very young, and Joe Cole's kind of the exciting young prospect. But I suppose you've got... You've got Skulls, Beckham and Owen kind of in their, in their prime because Owen is only 22, but that essentially that was, was his, his prime. That was his prime <laughs> because it only got worse for him after this. So this was the Metatarsals World Cup as well, wasn't it? Where Beckham did his foot in, um, late comeback, touch and go whether he'd actually make it. And it was the famous one where he scored the free kick against Greece at Old Trafford and he went bananas. Yeah, so he'd in Beckham had beat his... This is about Danny Mills clearly, but Beckham had had the thing of being sent off in 98, then his kind of redemption qualifying us for the World Cup. But then... In the build-up, he broke his metatarsal and was when he got there, was clearly not actually quite fit. Yeah, to be there, oh, but we do need to stress at this stage very much so that he was still a scum bastard. There's no love for. Oh, he definitely a scum bastard. Always, always, always is, always and, was, always he, will he be. He won't go on to shill off a World <laughs> Cup in the Middle East or anything like that. For... He did queue for the, to for the Queen, though, didn't he? So that probably makes up for it. Does it? Yeah. Or or. It, Means he's trying to get some honours, and we're getting a, anyway. Let's anyway. We're getting bogged down in, <laughs> bogged down in, in scum chat. Um, the metatarsal because Beckham had done his, but also Beckham's mate Gary Neville had done his. Yes, hence, he, hence why we're talking about Danny Mills. Yeah, because Neville had basically been England's right back for ages at this point. He got in sort of ninety five, ninety six. He'd been in the Euro ninety six, and he'd he'd kept his place. And scum were pretty good at the time, so I guess it was understandable. But yeah, he also does his metatarsal before the World Cup and. Opens the door for Danny Mills. Yay. Prior to this, he'd made like a handful of sub-appearances ahead of the World Cup of Mills, so he was very much on the fringes. Yeah, he'd played. His only start had been the friendly that was at Ellen Road. Did you go to that? Uh, I didn't. I've never seen England at Ellen Road. I don't no, know yeah. which I'd have done, yeah. Yeah, we lost uh, to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, That was March in the 2002, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah. He'd, he'd had that, and then, yeah, he'd, he'd made odd sub-appearances and stuff, but he was not He was not generally considered to be, uh, to be a starter. Yeah, so 19 England caps... Started 11, but five of them were at this World Cup. So this really was his moment in the sun, wasn't it? Yeah, it didn't get any better for him. No. Um, f- some stuff from Planet Football. Have you heard of those guys, Rob? Never. No, who are they? Any good? <laughs> Your former employer, to, just to... Uh, yes. Just old, people who don't know. My old job. We actually had a podcast called The Broken Metatarsal, which was all about Naughty's football. And Danny Mills appeared as a guest on one episode, which... Uh, I declined to go on because I thought I don't really want to speak to Danny. Was he, um, actually, he came across. I was going to say, right. was he an unbearable dick, or was he all right? Do you know what? He was. Uh, he had a few good stories from around this time. David Beckham's pre-tournament party being the main one, and he really didn't want to go, but his wife basically made him because it was posh and Bex, and he was just celebrity spotting. I think it was Joan Collins. He couldn't quite believe <laughs> was there and steps. Ray Winston, Natalie Imbruglia, Baby Spice, Elton John. Mick Hucknall as well as a, as a scumbag, wasn't it? Because Simply Red famously uh, was named after Man United, mm. I think, wasn't it? There was some of that going on. He's aged well. <laughs> Phil Mitchell in a wig. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of that, Steps were there. <laughs> and Ray Winston. And uh, the dress code was white tie and diamonds. I, don't, oh, I didn't even know what white tie was back then in 2002, let alone white tie and diamonds. I was not turning up in one of those, and the diamonds definitely not. And he basically said um, that there was a massive marquee that was bigger than the pavilion at Ellen Road with bouncy castles inside of it. And he basically spent most of his four hours in there just playing with his kids because he didn't know what to do. I, guess. <laughs> I hope Ken Bates read that because it'll have irked him. <laughs> Someone's got something bigger. 
the biggest conference centre between <laughs> North East, Harrogate <laughs> and Birmingham, or whatever it was he used to boast about. It's all fine and well wearing your white tie and diamonds, isn't it? But if, if you've got kids of age one and three, as Mills did at the time, you, you, white, wearing white's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a bad choice. It's Especially bad choice. for a party. And diamonds, kids are just going to tug on them, aren't they? I always find that with mine anyway. Mm. <laughs> oh, dear me. Yeah, steps, great. Uh, his inclusion in the squad though wasn't universally welcomed he got slated in the Guardian David Lacey in the Guardian absolutely eviscerated him <laughs> I mean this does seem kind of harsh reading back on it <laughs> but it was the general reaction people didn't think Danny Mills was a very good footballer even quite a lot of people in Leeds were pretty unsure of him well, look, remember the chant Danny Mills is fucking brilliant was ironic at first yeah exactly and it, it, was... evolved, it evolved into something more sincere when he kind of bought into the joke you know yeah and he he did put in some good performances for us and I think people quite liked him when he, he was fairly versatile because he played centre-back sometimes and he'd, he'd done a, he did a decent job when he had to fill in elsewhere for us. So I think people kind of grew to appreciate him. But yeah, when the early stages of Danny Mills at Leeds, it was a joke, was that song. Yeah. He was a bit um, erratic as well in that he was constantly getting sent off or booked. I think he'd missed 10 games through suspension that season. I think we'd have probably had more players maybe in that squad if it weren't for some terrible disciplinary records because like Alan mm. Smith certainly had his brushes with referees I think Lee Bowie had uh, different some issues, issues. Mm. <laughs> issues to deal with <laughs> yeah. as, as did Woodgate at the time both um, of them did yes so yeah but Danny, Will, Danny Mills was part of that and I think uh, he certainly wasn't even expecting himself to get in, into the squad yeah David Lacey says right up to the last moment Swedes, Argentinians and Nigerians hope they would not receive the news they least wanted to hear but there it is Danny Mills has been picked for England's World Cup squad Oof. harsh and he's given number two as well so Danny Mills has talked about this where he said when he got that number he was like might be playing it I've been given, <laughs> I've been given the that's the right back number is that that's not a piss about uh, yeah I think Bowie was unlucky because also drafted in late with Trevor Sinclair to this squad who was replacing Danny Murphy and Lee Bowie was better than both of them mm, yeah yeah um, David O'Leary obviously his manager though was hugely supportive in the build up to this and enjoyed his selection was this yeah. the one where O'Leary was in the, bo- the box as well in the studio um, I can't remember where this actually came from. I think he was a pundit at that tournament, wasn't he? Which yes. he basically used to slag off Lee's players, weirdly. <laughs> yeah, so David O'Leary is still Leeds manager at this point as yes. well, it's worth saying, because that would change not long after the World Cup. But yeah, he is still Leeds manager, and he says, there were times last season Danny Mills was a liability to Leeds. His disciplinary record was abysmal. It's totally unacceptable for a player to miss 10 games through suspension, as Danny did. Um, so that's good. He, good know, he knows he has to mend his ways because I have told him so. I don't want a player who lacks self-control and persistently gets himself into trouble. In the very early days of doing the magazine, I think before, even before we'd done the podcast, we spoke to Danny Mills, didn't we? And we ended up taking out some stuff he'd said about O'Leary because... We wondered it was, if it was slanderous. Because yeah. it was borderline slanderous. So certainly no, no love lost. It wasn't anything particularly juicy, was it? I think he was just... I think he was kind of hinting at the fact that like, there's a reason O'Leary hasn't got another job or something. Yeah. Which was... It was fairly mild at the time, but with O'Leary still kind of in the management game-ish at that point we were yeah. like oh, let's just let's just leave leave that aside yeah. but yeah that's not what you want from your manager necessarily is it no and the, the final line that we've got here on the sheet is the bottom line is that if Danny uh, if I knew Danny would miss 10 games again next season through suspension I'd put him on the transfer list now I mean that's not backing your player what it sounds to me like is that he's challenging his player to improve himself but he's going about it in a way that's really objectionable yeah <laughs> That somebody, somebody like Danny Mills, from what we've seen subsequently, you're thinking, well, he's not going to necessarily respond well to that kind of... It's, it's stick rather than carrot, isn't it? Mm. He's a strange character, is Mills, because he, in some ways, he, when he talks about this World Cup, he is fairly self-deprecating and he'll say, he'll sort of point out that he was not of the level of player of like Beckham and Owen and Ferdinand and that sort of 
that sort of group. But then at the same time, he kind of bigs himself up and then goes, yeah, and I got loads of money too. Mm. So it's a, it's that element of it just kind of yeah, makes so, you think, so the self, oh, the self, off, yeah, the self-deprecation is offset by bragging. Yeah, exactly. Which makes it hard to buy into. Yeah. So it's, it's not, it should be kind of a, f- a more fun story than it is. And I think he, <laughs> what Mills, I mean, it's, this is probably a separate discussion, but what Mills seems to lack is the self-awareness of thinking of who is the audience for these shows that I do. Like Under the Cosh was the one that really annoyed people, mm. wasn't it? Where he was essentially saying, I had fucking loads from Leeds, even when they were going under. I'd, I'd negotiated myself an amazing deal. I was like, well, yeah, but this contributed to the downfall of our football club and the audience that you're saying this to, it's not just you in a room with your footballer mates, which might be a good way to get people to open up and say stuff. The people who are actually consuming it are football fans, the very same people who you fo- essentially feel like you fucked over. Mm. I think um, I think that was part of the reason we got him on the World Cup and not Leeds, because I was just a bit like, don't ask him about Leeds. He's <laughs> kind of done a bit of that recently and it's not gone down well. Yeah. I mean, and it did, Olo did have a point here as well. 13 yellows, two reds that season. So that was bad by any stretch, mm. plus an additional ban for probably quite rightly using foul and abusive language at Jeff Winter and I think it was Andy Durso was fourth official I think he'd, he'd had a fair pop at both of them when he'd been sent off against Arsenal yeah I think Mills in that Planet Football interview did say like yeah but it was Jeff Winter you know it's probably <laughs> worth it Jeff Winter was an absolute dick it's worth saying yeah and he's he's gone on to say stuff like he's, he's developed a bit of an edge to his personality doing like after dinner speaking and tweeting and stuff like that hasn't he because he was from Teesside and obviously famous, famously people in Teesside hate people in Leeds and hate Leeds United so are refs lead taking bastards? Jeff Winter seems to suggest so. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Into the group games then at this World Cup. England-Sweden was the first one. Kicked off at 10.30. I love 2002. It was my proper heyday. Young, full of hope. <laughs> DJing at that point. So I, was, I was on study leave for my A-levels, which was Fine. great because it meant I had, I had all day to go drinking. I finally had disposable income and a fun job, although I didn't, because I was DJing, didn't often get up uh, at 10.30 in the morning. 
See, whereas I smuggled a bag of beers into a into a bar in Wakefield and, st- and stood drinking my own beers watching. So England. you didn't have to pay. Exactly. Fuck. Also, the queue was shit as well. You'd, yeah. you, you'd take you like an hour to get for a, get in there for a pint. So yeah. I, w- I was at primary school. We were all there. Uh, <laughs> Did you all, sneak the beers in? We were all steaming in the school canteen. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you then, Rob? I was twenty years ago. Two thousand two. I'd have been eight. Oh God, mm. that's annoying. Um, first game, one all England Sweden. Uh, neither Mills nor England were particularly good in this one. Yeah, it was Mills's fault. The famously slow start that England have in, in tournaments, although that's obviously offset this year with the, the Iran thumping. Yeah, I think I think it's weird to to criticise this World Cup when you do look back at some other ones because we're talking about 2014 and 2010 and how terrible they were, but this is remembered as a good England team and it was still, the group stages were terrible. Yeah. But it, it wasn't a vintage Swedish team either, you wouldn't say, and we... The thinking was that we would probably win this. Argentina was a tough game, and then we'd probably beat Nigeria as well. But yeah, it was not. Um, it was not a great, not a great opening match. Well, this is a thing. Being sort of that tournament before the golden generation, you had like Travis Sinclair on the left wing and Nicky Butt. I think played in midfield. Mm-hmm. Didn't Pele describe Nicky Butt as like the best midfielder of the tournament? <laughs> <or something? laughs> oh. He's always had some weird opinions on yeah. on, on football. Was Pele for someone who was so good at it? I remember one. Well, man is in the hospital at the minute. So let's not be too mean about him. That's true. <laughs> okay, <laughs> carry on. I just remember him once trying to say Steve McManaman and he was just saying it in a really funny way. I, I don't know why. He kept calling him Mac, Mac or something, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Good. Uh, but yes, we so we drew. Mills was at fault for the goal. Um, and the, from the Guardian, I was looking back over some reports. It said um, Sven-Goran Eriksson's team looked like fourth formers who wandered into a sixth form college. Oh, bless him. Bless him. On to the next game then famous clashes with Argentina and England won here this was a lunchtime kickoff Michael so presumably you arrived in the pub where you were on beers already steaming 12.30 kickoff it was and this was the one this was Bielsa's Argentina really mm. now then in this World Cup and we were good ish it was a bit uh, from what I remember of this game it was not and this was this the 1998 redemption arc this one yes because Beckham is the one that scores the penalty I think Michael Owen dives for it as he, he always does. did Yeah, um, but he's English so we kind of we're willing to overlook the fact that Owen's a snivelling little cheat as well. Um, and again, someone who, a bit like Mills, the more you hear of him, the harder it is to find anything redeeming about him. You're just like, okay, maybe maybe just stop, maybe just stop talking for a little bit. Like no one, no one at any of his clubs has anything good to say about Michael Owen anymore, do they? No, which is, which I loved Michael Owen around this time because mm. he was really, really good and been like England's best and most exciting player. But yeah, he's a very strange man, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, but Mills in this game actually quite good. I was I was looking back through the through the minute by minute. I quite enjoyed the. I just looked through for any mentions of him in thirty minutes. It says, <laughs> I like this. England are on top here, you know, and they enjoy a spate of possession down the right wing, start, uh, starring an amazing cameo from Mills and his abs- <laughs> absurd mix of skillful jinx and hopeless close control. Love it. That is, he was a hundred miles an hour kind of a player. Was Mills wasn't yeah, he? That was yeah. the thing. He was. There was, it was there was no finesse, was there? It was no. Yeah. I remember him, he used to dribble the ball with muck and bullets. As uh, Johnny, dribble Johnny the ball with it about ten meters in front of him. Yeah. It was never glued to his foot, was it? It was just kick it, run after it because he was fairly he was fairly athletic, I suppose. If we're if we're going to be um, if we're going to be generous to him. So the hope ignited then in that game, and then the third and final group game was a nil nil against Nigeria. Seven thirty kickoff, bloody hellfire! I remember that. <laughs> I just remember getting a bus into Wakefield with my bag of beers. Um, I don't think I took them for the first game. I think maybe they were a, an evolution of the uh, through the World Cup. Thinking I've got, it. I can't be queuing. I can't be queuing and spending all this money. I'm just going to smuggle in some. Going to smuggle in some. Oh, I'd love to sit you down with a psychologist. One. Some bottles. Of, <laughs> it was bottles of Bex as well, which isn't even particularly nice. That was probably it was probably cheap somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, for the Nigeria game again, having beaten Argentina, which I mean, I was in 
Wakefield for the Argentina game and it was on Westgate if you know Wakefield it's on the big road in the middle it went fucking mental there were people like out in the streets rocking buses around and there were people <laughs> people smashing bus stops it's stuff. typical for it Wakefield just, it, yeah. it, people absolutely lost the plot over that game and then from there um, we had to endure a nil-nil with Nigeria was this was the really good Nigeria kit? very Englandy. Nigeria have had loads of good kits yeah yeah. Um, so I'm going to say yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember what the letters watched this at school, and I didn't really understand the format of the group stage at this point. And I was just like, it's the World Cup, you win, you go through. And we obviously drew nil nil, and the little table came up at the bottom with England first or second. And the rest of the school who were really into football at that point going mental. And I was just kind of stood there like, I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> like, why is everyone <laughs> celebrating? We've just drawn nil nil. Yeah. From, from the, um, the Guardian report it kind of sums up this game quite well it said that's it England are through and they're playing against Denmark is there anything to say about this game? nope <laughs> oh hold on there's one thing if England had won they wouldn't have been able to face Brazil until the semis now they're lined up to meet in the quarters right okay which we'll get to in due course uh, another 12.30 kickoff for the second round England 3 Denmark nil. Mills in this one again yeah and this is when um, Rio Ferdinand scores in this game Rio, well, that's probably again a separate episode Rio Ferdinand is at this point having the tournament of his life he's yeah. looking like England's best player possibly the best defender in the whole tournament. Mills, though, is doing all right. Yep. He's doing all right. He gets, he gets mentioned. He's involved in um, he's involved in one of the goals. He plays it down the line to Beckham and he then crosses it in and we score. So he, he also does a Danny Mills thing in, if you look at the minute by minute. Yep. It, it says 49 minutes, brawl, brawl. Mills clouts Henriksen with his that forearm. Made, that made me think of an aircraft where, where you see the, the instructions for if you hear brace, brace. <laughs> he should have walked, but the lucky lad gets away with a yellow. No, you wonder how many red cards and yellow cards Mills would have got in the current game, don't you? Um, 3-0 against Denmark England equaling their best ever result in a World Cup at that point and I think the, the expectation at this point was through the roof it was very Englandy. I think we've I think I feel like subsequent tournaments have maybe made England fans a bit more I don't know a bit more bitter and hesitant to get excited by stuff maybe mm. actually maybe that's not true when you, when you look at pictures of people throwing pints around Box Park when we had to score a third in a, in a pretty meaningless game against Wales but I don't know I felt like at the time there was a lot of hype yeah. And, it was, and I think we're still Euro 96 was still kind of in, in memory and we felt like we'd been robbed at 98 so it was I don't know it felt like there was something was building at this point yeah and the sense that we could maybe go and get something from Brazil which again was another breakfast time kickoff not, uh, yeah not acceptable <laughs> <laughs> yeah we take the lead against Brazil and again Mills is involved finds Heskey down the right I mean this was basically Mills's game would like was kind of kick it down the wing and yeah Hope someone finds it. Like I said, he was quite a basic player in a lot of ways, but he was... He Football was... was more basic then, though, as well. Yeah, it was. It's still a lot more 4-4-2 I mean, kick and rush, wasn't it? It's kind of a lot of what Rasmus Christensen does now, is just sort of knock it down the line for a player to run onto. Yeah, he, he's, do you know what? It's not, it's not actually a bad comparison. He's quite a similar player, but I'm sure Rasmus is a nicer man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that. And But anyway, in that game, this is the game where Ronaldinho is, is absolute pomp at this World Cup. He's unbelievably good he was good for about two years was Ronaldinho mm. before he, he kind of seemed to get fat and not arsed but he, he was <laughs> he was absolutely unbelievable at this stage so he has scored the goal that goes over Seaman which I'm still not entirely sure was was deliberate but after that he gets then he's then sent off for a foul on Mills which is an untidy sort of tackle um, but it, I think the way the Guardian report is saying that he thinks that the ref has also seen an elbow in there which isn't actually the case and Mills did, has, Mills has, has did, said did he milk it? Well, Mills has since said that he was about to get up and Paul Scholes came over to him and the ref's getting cards out to stay down and like right. basically just forced him to lay down on the ground and then sure enough, Ronaldinho is, is then sent off. I mean, what an opportunity this was for England then with Ronaldinho sent off on 56 minutes, we should say. Yeah, so we've got nearly a full half of football to try and peg Brazil back. 
Um, and didn't. But no, that was England. Yeah. Which just pro- pro- ex- explains why England fans are a bit like they are now 20 years on from this. You know, it, it's what's hard, the point? It's hard to know how <laughs> how much this is taking the piss, but I did look through the minute by minutes for this game as well. And it says 83 minutes, great tackle from Danny Mills to deny um, Adilson. He really is the best. <laughs> <laughs> There's no sarcasm font, is there? I think, though, weirdly, I think England fans went on the same journey as Leeds fans with Mills during this World Cup because he was kind of in and he was bad in the first game. And then as it went through, you were like, I think he's all right. Yeah. He's kind of he's not letting us down. He's doing, think, he's doing okay. And here. there was an element of defensiveness as well in the same way that we were defensive over Calvin getting into the England team. Yeah, I, Because I, he was ours, even if he was a bastard. Then we I, were. I liked seeing Mills yeah. in this tournament. And, and I know Ferdinand was the obvious star of it, but I, there was also maybe a slight feeling that this was the, we weren't seeing Rio Ferdinando lead shirt again at this point as well because there was a huge amount of interest in him and he's he just made himself probably the most well he, he he did make himself the most valuable defender in the world at this stage so whereas Mills you're like well we keep him <laughs> so that's good we get to keep we get to keep an England player well Phil McNulty for the BBC gave him 7 out of 10 for the tournament overall the player labelled a liability before the World Cup kept his temper in check and had a solid tournament he made one mistake against Sweden that cost a goal but otherwise did not let England down yeah and McNulty also uh just to give the Rio Ferdinand subplot, um, he does give him player of the tournament. Nine out of ten. Uh, a world-class performance. And where will he be next season? At Leeds United, of course. <laughs> because mm. uh, for, it's interesting how you can chart the start of the downfall properly. We, we mentioned before about playing Cardiff in the FA Cup in, in the January. It gets to this summer and suddenly this, this shimmering mirage of a future vision of Leeds United with all these World Cup world-class players just starts to just gently crumble around the edges because O'Leary... Gets fired June 27th. Terry Venables is in. And then Danny Mills does end up as our first choice right back for most of the next season, though. He does, but then Peter Reid tries to get rid of him. But we're in. The, by the time Peter Reid arrives, we're we, away. Is it Red Air mode? Firefighting. We're away from the let's sell Rio Ferdinand for 30 million quid and everything's going to be fine. We're into will someone please take Danny Mills' wages because we're fucked? It's out of territory. So he goes on loan to Middlesbrough for a season. And then he can't agree a permanent move to ends, but Man City, I think we end up paying some of his wages, don't we? Yeah. And it's also more or less the end of Miller's England career as well. Is he, yeah. he, After this World Cup, he never gets himself established in the first team ever. Hey, seven, um, seven more caps, yeah. I don't think he helped himself because I think it was 2003 around Ferdinand's drugs test mm-hmm. uh, that he missed. Um, the Man United players wanted the England players to strike for a game in Turkey, I think. And Danny Mills was just like, nah. Uh, and he, he said in the Planet Football interview I don't think Gary Neville wasn't very happy but uh, I'm not really bothered <laughs> which is quite, again. and you're putting up against the institution there aren't you which, mm. is, which is always going to see you fall out of favour in the end very much Danny Mills style seven more caps as I mentioned yeah one f- uh, final cap as a sub in a friendly against Portugal 2004 when he was on loan at Middlesbrough so he wasn't quite done when we managed to get shot of him and he's had a lot to say about his time at Leeds since but I think we've run out of time on this one. <laughs> but let's remember the 2002 World Cup because that yeah. was a, that was a good Danny Mills time. Well, he was all right, wasn't he? And he hadn't said too much at that point. He didn't let everyone down spectacularly, which which was what the start of the tournament was. He's a terrible defender. He's going to get sent off. And in the end, he was fine. And that is the square ball guide to Danny Mills at the 2002 World Cup. We'll speak to you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 